listening to the midweek service from Harvest Bible Church. We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Mark Butler. To learn more about us, please visit harvestbibleonline.org. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and go with me to Ephesians chapter 5. I'm just going to share some things tonight about maintaining some stuff. You know, many times we're looking for the plan and the purposes of God, and we're trying to, at least for me, I'm always saying, okay, Lord, what is your next plan? What is your next uh, area you want us to go? What do you want us to do? How are we doing? And uh, uh, many times, he just wants us to maintain that wonderful relationship that we have with him. You know, the reason that God created man, the reason he created Adam and Eve was so he could have fellowship. And people get all caught up in all kinds of stuff that uh, we get to working for God instead of just working with him. Amen? You know, before I just jump into, into Ephesians there, uh, Jeremiah 29, 11, which is a very wonderful scripture. All of us uh, uh, really love that because the Bible says, Jesus said, or the, God said, I know my thoughts that I have toward you. Thoughts of good and not of evil. Amen? Thoughts of peace, hallelujah, and thoughts to bring you to a future and an end, to have, have things. God has that thought. He goes on to say that when we seek him, we're going to find him. Amen. Amen? When we seek him and we desire him, he's going to do it. It says, when you call upon me, this is what the King James, when you call upon you shall go and pray unto me, and I will hearken unto you, and you shall seek me, and you'll find me, and when you shall search for me with all of your heart, he's going to be there. You know, the wonderful thing about God is God's not hiding a lot of people thought, man, where did God go? Where's he been? I mean, what's he doing? He left town, man. I mean, where is, I mean, where's God in all of this? You know, God's not hiding. When you seek God with all of your heart, God, he's there. And the Bible says when we draw nigh unto God, God draws nigh unto us. He, he's, he's not a man that he shall lie. His word is true. Amen? You know, now in, in Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 1, it says we're supposed to lay aside every weight and every sin that does so easily beset us, amen, so that we can run this race with patience, that we can continue to run. And, and if we'll lay aside a lot of things and we'll set our hearts to love him, he's going to show us things. He's going to bring the peace that we need, amen? He's going to do that. You know, I have, I have certain things that I, I just cry out to God almost all the time. I just say, Lord, the things that I don't know, show me, Amen? You know, I just, I always cry out, Lord, the things I do not see, please show me. Please show me what I need to know. And then the things that I don't know, teach me. And the things that you've prepared for me, prepare me so that I can get them and receive for them. I always dedicate the prayer for consecration and dedication because I want to prepare myself. I know that if I prepare me and I fellowship with him, then he'll lead, guide, and direct my steps. Amen. And as we look at this right here, here in Ephesians chapter 5, he talks about some things. In verse 16, we're going to start there. It says, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Wow. How I many know the days are so evil right now? I mean, it's amazing. I mean, right is wrong and wrong is right and, and upside down and all around. It's just amazing how many reprobate minds that we have uh, speaking and saying and doing. It's so crazy uh, of what goes on. He goes on to say in verse 17, he goes, Wherefore, be not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. Aren't you glad that we can understand what the will of the Lord is right now? What is God doing right now? What is God's will in the midst of what we're doing right now? What is God's will right here? Because we know that as long as we're obedient and we're faithful, God's going to honor his word. God's going to come and he's going to always make sure that we have everything that we need to have. Amen? 
because we know that obedience and faithfulness basically determines how long we got to go through the wilderness. You know, I had a teacher, and he was a, just an old Pentecostal preacher when I was in Bible college, and, he, and, and I so, was so happy that I had him first period, because, you know, he just would give us nuggets, and he'd just preach and make you happy. He'd keep you awake. He'd fire you up so you could actually stay awake in the rest of the classes. But uh, he made a statement one time. He said, listen, between every promise and the fulfillment of that promise is a wilderness, and what you do in that wilderness determines how long of time you're going to be there. And I thought, well, you mean to tell me what I'm supposed to do? Well, he did, because he, it's according to our obedience and our faithfulness to God to trust God and say, I'm believing for the promise, and it's going to be fulfilled because I'm trusting him I'm, by my faith I'm receiving. You know, and if you're obedient and faithful, hallelujah, it's not that long in the wilderness. And if it is long, hallelujah, glory to God, you know it's going to be great at the other end of the side of the tunnel. It's going to be really good. He tells us we got to know, he says, Where, be not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. Well, if he tells us to do that, that means we can. Amen? Amen. That means we can. Now look at verse 18. It says, don't be drunk with wine. It talks about with excess, wherein there is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. And when it says be filled, so it talks about be being filled continually, getting full. I said, what does it mean to be full of the Spirit of God? He says in verse 19, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Verse 20 says, giving thanks always, giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ and submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. Now, I'm going to share and preach a little bit on that because I want to talk about maintaining a spirit-filled life and, and really just maintaining the, the, the presence of God. But, and that's what we need. The world needs to see Jesus in us. And as I shared a little bit on Sunday, just to kind of touch on what I'm going to be actually talking, you know, finishing my sermon uh, this coming Sunday about the ministry of impartation because we've got something to impart. Remember what Peter said? Peter and John were going down to the temple about the ninth hour, and they fastened their eyes on a guy there, and the guy was wanting, you know, he was asking for alms, he was asking for money, and Peter said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have. Do you know that all of us have such as I have? We've got to give what we have. And, you know, he said, in the name of Jesus Christ, now rise up and walk, and man, boom, he had that power in the name of Jesus. Guess what? We all had that same power. That same faith to believe in the power of the name. Because we realize in Acts 3, verse 16, Peter said, listen, if you want to know how this man got healed, he got healed because of the power of the name of Jesus. It was that name and through faith in that name that's made this man whole in the presence of you all. Paul, writing to the church at Ephesus here, he said, don't be drunk with wine. Don't get drunk. He said, but be filled with the spirit of God. And when you get filled, you begin to speak to yourself in Psalms. We all know what Psalms are. We got 150 of them back here. Amen. It's a spiritual poem or an ode. You just, but you can have a psalm where you just, you're just speaking to yourself in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Those that can sing real good, they're probably going to have hymns and spiritual songs. Those of us that can't, we're probably going to have some just psalms. Amen. And that's okay. But you know what it says? Making melody in your heart to the Lord. You know, and, and what I want to get across is that many times is that we strive for what, what are you going to do now? What are you gonna, what's God doing? We strive for trying to see where God's at instead of just maintaining that spiritual relationship with him. I don't know about you, but I've had a lot of attacks from the enemy lately. Just, uh, just all kinds of just out, out of the blue crazy stuff 
things going here and going there, dealing with this, dealing with that. Just, and it's all distractions. Just distractions. Because how many of the devil wants to get you distracted so you don't fellowship with the Father? He wants to get you distracted so you're not walking in the presence of God. Because that's what we need, right? We need God's peace. Amen? I mean, I mean, you know, I, I want to share that, you know, what, what's going on or what's in the heaven, because it would just make you guys, make all your problems seem small. But I don't want to do that because I don't want you to feel sorry for me. Because in the midst of it, God's the one fighting all of my battles. God's the one going to meet all of the needs. Amen? God's an amazing God. Hallelujah. You know, as you see it. But what does it mean that we've got to maintain a spirit-filled life? What does that mean? It simply means how to letting God unveil his plan for our lives. And it's a relationship that we have. And listen, we need to have speaking to ourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Amen? We need to be making melody. We need to be giving thanks for all things. We need to be doing this. We need to realize that. You know, you, re- you realize he said four, four special things. He just said, listen, first of all, you got to speak to yourself. Sometimes you just got to look in the mirror and start speaking to yourself. You got to start saying, hey, you know, start talking about good things, speaking to yourself, you know. And don't have a, don't, you know, don't, don't speak to yourself like a country song, man, where it's like, dude, you're dying in your beer, dying in your, everything's bad, and you're just, all these things there. You got, you got to speak to yourself the way God sees you, amen? You do. You got to be speaking to yourself, uplifting, taking hold of the word of God. You got to grab all. So we've got to do that. It talks about that we sing, that we have a song. That when you get full, you have a song. You've got joy in your heart no matter what the enemy's trying to do around you. And thank God we have one another, but thank God we're supposed to, first of all, speak to, so it says, be filled with the Spirit. How does that mean? I got to speak to myself, first of all. Amen? Then I got to have a heart full of thanksgiving, no matter what's going on. You know, we sing that song, Jesus, you don't owe me anything. He does, and he's already done everything for us. Praise God. He's already paid the price for everything that we could ever want and ever need. He's already bought and paid for our redemption. He's bought and paid for our healing. He's bought and paid for our lives. Glory to God. He said he would never leave. He's always going to meet our needs. Amen. He's already done it. So he doesn't owe us anything now. Glory to God. He's already done it, so we get to receive it. Amen? So you've got to remind yourself. You've got to stir it up. But so, so how do I do that? Well, first of all, you got to maintain fellowship. You got to maintain a prayer life. You got to maintain fellowship with the Father. You got to maintain talking to God and spending time with Him. Amen. Hallelujah. Isn't it amazing that He also goes on to say that we need to submit ourselves one to another in the fear of God? Amen. And, and it's so good to understand the fear of God. I think that's probably one of the greatest keys that we get to do at the end times is we get to show the world how they need to fear God. But we need to fear him in the right way. Amen? Not be afraid. See, remember when, remember when Moses brought the children of Israel out of Egypt? He was taking them, and, 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 and where he was taking them, he was taking them to Mount Sinai where he met God in the burning bush. Because he was taking them out of the way. And it's like, wait a minute, wait, but I'm going to take you first. I can't take you into the land that God has promised before you meet the God who promised it. Yes. See, there's two kinds of people in the world. Those that are, that are going to God for what he can do for them, you know, or those who are going to God for who he is. You got to know who he is. Then he's already done things for you. But if you go to God for what he can do for you, when it doesn't go your way or when it doesn't happen, you're going to forget that God. Amen. But if you go to God for who he is, he's God. 
you know, it's always you know, the funny little thing that says, rule number one, God's always right. Rule number two, if, God is, if you think God is wrong, refer to rule number one. God's always right. So, you know, you, you look at, you got to come to God for who he is, not for what he can just do. Even though God wants to do supernatural things for us, we go to God for who he is, and then God does. Isn't it amazing that when the Lord came down to, to Solomon, he said, Solomon, what do, you want to do, what do you want me to do for you? Solomon said, give me wisdom. He could have said, man, I want all these riches. I want all this stuff. I want all this power. But Solomon said, give me wisdom to rule. And God gave him so supernatural wisdom. He said, because you asked for wisdom, I'm going to give you everything else. And God wants us to have wisdom. Amen? Glory to God. And how do you know that when you maintain a spirit-filled life, there's some characteristics about you? Amen? And we as Christians, we ought to have this. Remember in Acts chapter 6 when they were looking to find some guys to wait tables? They were just finding some guys to serve food, be some waiters. They said, okay, let's look out among us. Let's find some guys. We're not just finding anybody. There's 8,120 we know during that group. We know of this probably more because the Lord said he added to the church daily, but we know that there was 8,120 because there was 5,000 one time, 3,000 another time, and there was 120 in the upper room. All right? So we know that, you know, if you do your math, that's 8,120, okay? So we know there's that many folks, but then they said, we got to look at them and we got to find some folks. And he said, we got to find some guys. He said, let's do that. First of all, we got to find some guys that are honest. Got to have an honest report. How many you know it's hard to maintain a relationship with God and be dishonest? Thank you for your overwhelming response. I know you out there. You're just going for it. Just as a good amen. Thank you for that one right there in the living room. But, you know, we look at this thing. No, it was an honest. So that means an honest report is recognizable. Amen? That's, when, you have, when, you, when, you, when you have a great relationship with God, it's easy to be honest because you got to get honest with God. Most people, they think they're fooling God, fooling everybody else around. No, you got to get honest. Most people are not seeking God with their whole heart because they're holding back thinking, man, if I get crazy like these rest of these people, what's everybody else going to think? Well, you come to here anyways, they're going to think that anyways. You might as well enjoy the benefits of it. Praise God, you might as well get the hold of this. You know? But it also said, not only if we're looking for somebody that's an honest report, we're looking for somebody full of the Holy Ghost. Full of the Holy Ghost. Well, what does it mean full? Somebody who's speaking to himself in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Somebody who's edifying. Somebody who's building himself up there. Somebody who's got a heart of thanksgiving. Amen? Somebody who can be teachable because he's easy. He submits one to another, so it's very easy to be teachable. Amen? When you get full of the Holy Spirit, you're not so hard to be along, get along with. You don't have so much of an attitude. No, God's maintaining. The Spirit of God just, you know, today when I was praying, I was praying a lot today and just kind of seeking the Lord because I said, okay, Lord, what are, what are we going to do here tonight? What are we going to do? You know, and he just said, you know what? You need to get them back to just relationships and relationship with me. Get them back to maintaining the glow or maintaining that, that heart hunger and maintaining that so that they can be with me and I'll direct their steps. Because you know the second, third thing that he said, not only did he say an honest report and then being filled with the Holy Spirit, he said, and those that have a little wisdom. Wow. Gets back to good old Solomon there, but it comes back to wisdom. Wisdom is simply uh, having the ability to listen to God and to do what he says. Amen? Remember what James said, if any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God. Who gives to 
all men liberally without a second thought. So if you want wisdom, all you got to do is ask God to give you wisdom. Now, the problem is when you ask God to give you wisdom and he tells you something, you may not like it, you may not want to do it, but that's the wisest thing to do is to listen and do what he says. How many know that wisdom means we're going to do what God says in accordance to his word? We're going to take hold and let wisdom be the right thing. Wisdom, get that, amen? Proverbs said it like this, when you get wisdom and all you're getting of wisdom, get understanding, Understanding wisdom, understand what you're doing, understand how to operate that. It's amazing how many people just, they don't even think in what they're doing. They don't stop to stop and say, okay, wait, is this about the wise thing to do? Amen? You know, and, and no offense to us guys, but we, we have a tendency not to think at times, you know. You know, I, I always remind myself of the, my most famous stories about a kid that was 16 years old, and his dad, and they were in my office in the church, and his dad wanted to kill him because this kid was sitting at school, and he was throwing up this big, steely, solid, ball-bearing marble thing, you know, big-time boulder, and he's looking at that nice glass backboard, and he says, you know what, I wonder if I can hit that thing, not thinking that if he threw that from here to there, it's going to shatter that $2,500 thing, and dad's going to have to pay for it, and that was the key. Dad was thinking, That's, my kid ain't worth $2,500, we need, you know, and so mom's trying to protect him, and I said, you know, because he can't, all dad, he said, I just want to know what he was thinking, I want to know why, he, I said, he don't, has no concept of why he was doing it. He didn't think anything about it. He just thought, I bet I can hit that square. He had no thought that that thing was going to shatter that backboard. He had no thought of anything. He just, that was just, it was just that moment of boom. How many of us all do that in life? And then we make this great consequence and go, oh my gosh, that was not very wise. No, wisdom means you make sure that your heart is engaged before your tongue is in motion. <laughs> Notice I didn't say your head, because some of us, our minds are so screwed up, so messed up. I mean, your thought process is there. You got to get your heart in. You got to make sure that what you're doing is with your heart. Amen. Hallelujah. See, God tells us that we need to maintain a spirit-filled life and maintain this, this thing, this joy or this peace or maintain what God wants to do here, but he wants us to do it spirit, soul, and body. That's why he talked about full of the Holy Spirit. That's why he talked about an honest report, and that's why he talked about wisdom. Listen, we are going to know things supernaturally during this whole time. God's going to, we're going to always be one step ahead of everybody if we're listening. Amen. Amen. Listen, if you don't believe that, then you got to grab a hold of the word of God, okay? We're not listening to the world. We're not listening to people who don't have the spirit of God. We've listened to the, the, the father. We've got the greater one living and dwelling. We've got the spirit of truth. The Bible says, how be it when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he'll guide you into all truth. He'll not speak of himself. He'll show you things to come. He's showing us things to come. We just got to be listening. See, if we'll maintain that relationship, God has everything under control. Let me just share that with you. Read the back of the book. We win. Okay? Yeah, we got to go through a lot of crazy things to get there, but we win. Okay? Hallelujah. But we've got to look at this and say, you know what? I need some wisdom. Okay, what did God say? If any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all men liberally. That means without a second thought, without anything. Now, I told you, ask in faith. You got to believe it. 
Same thing here about don't be, you know, drunk, but be filled with the Spirit speaking to yourselves. You know, we have the hardest thing to speak to ourselves and speak to the mountains. We have the hardest thing to stand in faith because, oh, look at this. Look at that. Yeah, it seems like the enemy is just bombarding. And he'll bombard you in the weakest area of your life. It's where you're lacking or where your faith is lacking. Whether it's healing, whether it's finances, whether it's relationships. Uh-oh, got quiet in his place. Y'all listening out there because, you know, in your family, he will. He'll hit you at the hardest places to see if you really truly believe what you believe. Is God going to meet and supply all of your needs or not? Is God really going to, you know, say, that hey, these relationships, God can restore, God can turn these things around? Can he? Amen. Do you believe it? Same thing about healing. Well, I thought I was healed. I thought I was... He said, wait a minute. God said that by his stripes you were healed. By his stripes you are healed. That God's given this to us. It's ours. We just have to stand our ground and receive and take hold and believe what God's word says. Amen? The enemy's always going to try to bombard you. Because what is he trying to do? He's trying to stop you from being in the presence of God. Because if you stay in the presence, if you maintain, hallelujah, this, this close fellowship with God, and the only way you can maintain a close fellowship with God is through prayer. Isn't it amazing that every time the disciples got in trouble, what'd they do? They went to their own company, they lifted up their voices to God, and they prayed. And then God answered. Then they go out and do something, get all messed up, and they come back, and they pray. And then God would answer. And then they go out, and they get all messed up, and they pray. Because God was endeavoring to get them to understand that we need to maintain this close fellowship with God through prayer. It's the only thing that we can do. And isn't it wonderful that all you have to do is take stop and say, wait a minute. All right, Lord. Hallelujah. Let's do this. Glory to God. Because when you maintain a close fellowship with God, then the second thing that will happen is you'll have boldness. I, I thoroughly believe that we need to have a spirit of boldness on us now more than everything. And boldness is not rudeness. You understand that? Boldness is not pushy. Boldness simply means you know you're right. When you know you're right, you don't care how wrong the other people are and how much they're screaming in your face. You could care less because you're right. And then people go, what makes you think you're right? You guys, you guys, you Christians think you're right. Hey, praise God. We know what the word of God says. We're just standing on what we believe God's word says, what this Bible says, and it brings peace to us. And you're frustrated. You want us to be frustrated like you, and you don't even know what you believe. We know what we believe. At least we should know what we believe. Amen? Amen. At least you should. You need to know what you believe. You've got to have boldness. You've got to, and the only way to have boldness is to have absolute obedience to God's word means if we see it in the word of God, we're going to take hold of it and we're going to receive it and we're going to walk it out and let God do it in our lives. Amen? It's the only way you can do it because it's through obedience and faithfulness. It's the only way that can happen. But we've got to have this spirit of boldness that's got to come. And it's not in an arrogance way. You know, when all these pastors or different people call me, I, you know, I'd say, listen, because we're all like, man, we know, well, man, we've been hearing all these things. You're doing. I said, well, I said, it's just God. I said, I'm not, we're doing this because God said to do it, not because we're trying to make a statement. I'm not doing this to make a statement. I'm doing this because God said to do it. Because God spoke to heart. We're supposed to be open. That's why we're having church. We're going to continue. God said to do it. You know, we're just being, trying to obey God and walk with him and, and run with him as best we know how. Because here's, here's another thing. I have to maintain my consecration and dedication to him because I don't want to have to get out there in front. I, if I get out there in front and the devil takes me out, we're all going to be in trouble. Amen. Amen. 
So I want to walk close to God. I'm not putting myself on any pedestal. I'm just saying, hey, glory to God. I want to lead you in the right direction, but I want to make sure I'm consecrated and I have this consecration and dedication to God so that he does it. Amen. I surrender my will to his will and just have fellowship. It's amazing that no matter what's going on, like I said, I had all these distractions, all these things, and it just didn't seem like anything was working. This is happening. That's happening. This is going on. And just kind of go, okay, time out. I know what this is. It's just the enemy. He's just trying to do the pile-on effect. He's just trying to get me, oh, you got to think about this, you got to do this, you got to think about that. I said, you know what, I don't have to think about it. I do not have to answer every question that comes to my mind. And I don't have to have the answer to every question that's asked of me. That just set me free. That just sets me free all the time. I go, woohoo. Yeah, but what are you going to do? I said, don't know, but God knows. What are you going to do about this? Don't know, but God knows. <laughs> Amen. That just frustrates the devil. He just can't handle it. He's like, you've got to be upset. You used to be upset at this. You, 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 you know, but here's the thing. When you consecrate and dedicate your life to the Lord, or when you begin to say, Lord, I'm just going to cast my cares over onto you. Do you know that over in 1 Peter, when it talks about 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7, it says, casting the whole of your care. Now, it seems so easy to do, except that we keep taking it back. How do we do that? Well, Lord, I'm going to give this to you. I give this to you. You're going to work it out. You're going to meet that need. I give it to you. And then we walk away, and then the devil throws the thought beginning. Well, what are you going to do about this? You need it by this time. You need it to happen by now. And you're like, yeah, I do. I'm like, what can I do? I got to. And what you did is you just took it out of God's hands and put it back into your hands. You didn't cast it. You just put it back. And what you got to do is say, oh, no, no, you don't, devil. God, you got it. I'm casting it on you. I'm not going to worry about it. I'm not going to get frustrated. You handle it. Hallelujah. You're going to meet the need. I'm going to trust you. You said you would meet the need. You said you would meet all of my needs. Here, this is things that are going on. You know with all the situation, but you're going to handle it. And then when the devil tries to be, he says, no, 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 nope, I'm not going to touch that. I don't have to answer that question. What are you going to do? I said, I don't have to answer. I don't know. God knows. Go talk to God about it. I gave it to him. It's his problem now. Now, I'm going to be listening. I'm going to be talking. Every time that it came back, comes back to me, I'm going to say, Lord, are you, you wanted me to do something about that because I gave that to you. I know you're working on it. But if, you, if there's something I need, you direct my steps. You know I'm yielding. I Because I know you're going to have to direct my step to get it to me. Do you understand? Because if you don't, if you don't learn how to communicate with God, fellowship with God, then you're going to be the one that's going to be doing everything and you're going to be so bogged down. And it's going to be really hard to maintain, you know, this great fellowship with God and this great boldness in prayer. It's going to be really hard to stay full. Because how many know we got a lot of leaks in us? How many know it's like putting gasoline into a vehicle, but somebody drilled four or five holes in the gas tank? You know, because what are these distractions are? Well, discouragement's a distraction. You know? Different things can come in. What we have to do is we have to realize, hey, wait a minute, God. You can handle this, God. You're the one that can take care of it. You're the one that can handle this. You're the one that can do this. So we've got to reverence him, honor him, and thank God that the Holy Spirit's moving, that the angels are working. They're doing all the things they need to do. Amen? Amen. We've got to do this because in the midst of all of the chaos that we're hearing and all the things that are going, it's like <gasps> the devil wants to get you so like, ah, and you can't do that. You got to stay, stay focused. I know I'm going to stay focused. I'm going to do the one thing that's needful. I'm going to be like Mary. I'm going to sit at Jesus' feet and I'm going to listen to what he's saying. 
Because believe it or not, do you know that most of us encounter tests and trials, and many of the tests and trials that we are encountering, God never intended for us to encounter because we're not on the path he told us to go. We're on our own path. Come on. You know, we, we, we become our own worst enemy at times, you know. And because we become unwilling to do the thing that God wants us to do or become unwilling to do when God speaks to our heart about things, we become unwilling, so then we end up doing things, you know, and we get out of obedience and get into disobedience. Can I give you three real simple things on how to stay in obedience just real quick? That'll just help you along that line. You know, the first thing about being in obedience to God is learning how to walk in love. Everybody hates that. I used to say it all the time, but you get mad. Pastor, you say walk in love. You just hate to walk in love. I said, I know that. I don't like walking in love. I ask the Lord all the time, why do I have to walk in love? Why do I always have to be the one that goes out and helps them? Why do I always have to do this? How come I always got to do the Bible? He said, because you know to. You know what will happen if you don't? I said, I know. It's not fair. They're getting away with it. It looks like they're getting away with it. How come you're not just bringing fire down and killing them? I mean, uh, None of you say that. I mean, but because here's the thing. You've got to learn how to walk in love. And the second thing is you've got to learn how to walk in forgiveness. And you've got to forgive all the ugliness that's going on now. And because people are, they don't know any better than to be how ugly they are. But you've got to learn how to walk in forgiveness and forgiveness of yourself too. Of not being as spiritual as you think you are. <laughs> Amen. You know, I'm sorry. I just, I just delivery boy. I'm just delivering what God said to deliver. So we're good here. Not only do you got to walk in love and walk in forgiveness, but listen, this is one of the biggest keys about, about really walking in a life of obedience is listen, when the word of God says something, don't argue with it. Walk in the light of the word of God. It's so many times I tell people, where's what the scriptures say? And they go, I know that, but... And I'm going, that's the problem, right there. You know it, but you don't believe it. Or you wouldn't say, I know that, but. Thank you all for your overwhelming response. So glad I got you guys out there now. You know I talked to you because I'm just so blessed. Even if you're sleeping and you just got it on, I'm still happy that you're there. Okay? Hallelujah. Because we have this tendency to think that Well, I tried that, and it didn't work. Well, the word of God, the Bible says, you don't try the word. The Bible says that the word of God tries you to see if you're in faith or not. It tries you, and it'll try you because, see, the word of God is pure, and the word of God is real, and the word of God is what will stand forever. Jesus said, not one crossing of the T or one dotting in the eye of my word will ever pass away. My word is forever settled in heaven. Hallelujah. Glory to God. It'll produce. It'll do. The word of God stands forever. So if we're going to look at the word of God, we can't say I know that, but. Amen. Listen, we've got to stand strong because what are you going to do when people are coming and are coming against us because we are living in the last of the last days and there's going to be and they want to believe that we're right. They want to believe that we know those that God is calling goals that God is touching and, and understand this. Here's something that should set you free too is that listen, you share the gospel, you, love, you reach out, you want to help people, you want to tell them about the love of Jesus. They don't want to hear, they want to don't worry about that. You go next. The Bible says that only the ones that God draws. Yes, the gospel is for everybody. God wants to draw it. But there are those that don't want to hear it. That's not your problem. That's not your fault. You just go next. 
Hallelujah. Don't cast your pearls before swine. Don't, let, don't get upset about it. Just glory to God. Hallelujah. I did my job. I just told you about how much Jesus loves you. If you don't want to hear it, then glory to God. I tell people all the time, you want to go to hell, go to hell. It's okay. I, I don't want you to go there. Jesus don't want you to go there. But if you want to, you can go. See, people look at me, oh, Pastor, how dare you say that? We can't do it. No, listen, I understand the ravages of sin. I do, and I, and, and I want, the, I, I yearn for God to turn this world around for him. That's why we're here to get people born again. But I'm not going to waste my time for those that don't want those that don't want, those that are just going to just, 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 just trample under all that. It's like, you know what? Praise God. All I can do is share truth with you, but I got to go. There's so many other, there's God's got people out there that want to hear. God's drawn them, and I want to get to them. Now, the, you know, the wonderful thing is that when they stand before the great white throne judgment, and when they're standing for the judgment seat of, I mean, the, the great white throne judgment and everything, when they say, well, nobody ever told me, God's going to rule that real and say, ah, see, that person tried, and you said you didn't want to have anything to do with it. Amen? But see, we look at this and we kind of go, because see, walking in love is not getting trampled on. Walking in forgiveness is the most powerful thing that you have because it frees you and nobody else can hurt you. See, walking in forgiveness is for you, not for anybody else. It does. It frees you. It doesn't, you know, free them. You know, and then walking in the light of the word of God, what happens there is that you just say, you know, I just, uh, I, you know, I've, I've said this so many times about my life and I've said, Lord, your word says this. Now, I don't see it. It ain't happening here. <laughs> It ain't happening in my life. But you said this is supposed to happen. If I believe this, this is supposed to happen in my life. You told me to walk as children of the light. Walk as children of the light of the word of God. So I'm walking. I believe that your word is so, even though I ain't experiencing it right now. Because that's where faith comes in. Amen? That's where faith comes in. And when we look at that, we kind of go, well, you're just crazy. People, best people of faith, they're just crazy. Yes, we are, but we're happy and we're free and we're full of life because we believe what God says and we're not holding ourselves in bondage by beating ourselves up and we're not getting mad at God for things that aren't happening in our lives. Amen? Amen? Amen. I mean, we, we, we mess ourselves up by thinking that, well, bless God, I believe that it should just happen to me because I am me. Most people think, man, God, God, you're so blessed to have me, you know, and uh, you need to get a grip. God, God loves you. He sent Jesus to die for you, but you are a lot more blessed to have him than he is to have you. Okay. But believe this. God does need you. See, that's a lie. When the devil says, well, God doesn't need you. God needs you because he needs you to touch the people that you come in contact with. He needs you because Jesus bought and paid for, and God wanted you. God wanted you. He drew you. And if you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, then guess what? God drew you. You made a decision. You accepted him. Glory to God. You made the greatest decision of your life, and God says, now you're mine. Now let's work together. Let's see the power and the presence of God. Change lives. Amen? That's God's plan. That's his purpose here. Hallelujah. 
Now, see, you know, why don't, we, why don't we just forgive? Because we don't know how to practice. We don't practice forgiveness the way that the Bible tells us to practice forgiveness. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 32 says that we are to forgive even as God has forgiven us. When you ask God to forgive you, what does he do? The Bible says that if you confess your sins, he's faithful and just to forgive you of your sins and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. He doesn't hold anything against you. The Bible also says that when you confess your sins to God, he takes your sin and he puts it as far away as the east is from the west. Amen? And the east and the west never meet. And as long as I'm looking that way, this is west. As long as I'm looking this way, this is east. Amen? That's it. They never meet. Now, if he just said, I put them away as far as the north is from the south, we'd all be dead. Because you can go north and then pretty soon you're heading south. Okay? So we're all in trouble. But he didn't say that. He said from the east and the west. He also said in Psalms that he puts your sin in the sea of forgetfulness, which simply means he doesn't remember them anymore. We look at this, but see, here's what we do. We forgive, but we never forget. I says, Pastor, you don't understand what they did. I know, I know, I know it, I know it. You can always tell the amount of forgiveness you have by the emotion in which you remember the incident. <laughs> Do you ever have somebody, you talk to them, they're talking about something, oh, bless God, I forgave them, but let me tell you what they did. And man, by the time they get done, you're like, oh my God, he's going to blow a casket. He, he had to go kill somebody. He's remembering what happened there. He's remembering all these things here. <laughs> See, you gotta, we've got to remind ourselves of the word of God. Why? Folks, past is past, present is present, and the future is bright. Thank God for everything that's happened. Thank God for that. You know, God's been reminding me of the past. He's been stirring my heart in the gifts of the Spirit. He's been stirring my heart in miracles. He's just been stirring me all up. Not that he's wanting to bring up the past. He's just wanting to say, this is the power and the presence of God. I want to make manifest this right now in where we're at right now. Let's let God be God where we're at right now. Amen? Hallelujah. And we need that. We need that so bad right now. We do. But here's one of the biggest problems that we have. And this is something you got to, because if you're going to walk and let God show you what he wants to do, because God wants to show us. He wants us to be at the right place at the right time. He wants us to be sharing the love of Jesus with people. God's amazing grace is so awesome. I had the great joy of leading a gentleman, you know, being born again this past week. And I'm telling you, it was so wonderful for the first time in his life ever saying, you know, the sinner's prayer and ever saying, confessing Jesus as Lord and watching him just cry and watching God just touch him and change him from being, you know, lost without God to being born again, to being a child of God and being my brother in the Lord was so awesome. So awesome. Such a blessing. And that's the only thing I know, that when the devil tries to pile on, I just go out and just steal one from him. Just go out and say, well, the only way I know how to hit the devil, beat the devil up, is go out and get win the lost. Go out and preach the gospel. Go out and share the love of Jesus with somebody. Amen? Hallelujah. But God wants his purpose fulfilled. So you got to get yourself out of the way. Get your wonderful self-righteousness out of the way. Quit thinking so highly of yourself. And... Uh, Quit thinking that uh, it's all about what, how you're going to look or what's going to happen. Let's start lifting up Jesus, letting him look. You got to get out of your self-righteousness. We have to. You just have to, amen, or else it's not going to, his plan's not going to work. And then you got to get out of your self-consciousness. You could never be self-conscious and God-conscious at the same time. 
okay? Amen. Because, you know, I mean, all these things were piling on me, and I was like, man, what am I going to do? Gosh, I got this, got this. Oh, man, I got this really bad news. And I'm like, okay. So I'm trying to figure it out because that's what I do. I figure it out. I just figure out how to do it, you know? And so I'm being very self-conscious. Oh, man, you know, why did that, you know, all these things. I'm, you know, blaming myself. I'm thinking all this stuff, and I'm being very self-conscious. How many you know you don't have any wisdom when you're self-conscious? Hallelujah. You get self-conscious, and you look at yourself, and you get like, oh, my gosh, this is just terrible. All of a sudden, I stop and say, wait a minute. I said, God, how about you helping a little bit here? How about I look to you? How about I just trust you? How about how are we going to fix this? You know, he didn't say, oh, I'm going to do this. He didn't say anything. He just said, well, it's about time. You know, you could just, I could just sense in my heart, okay, yeah, Lord, let's just, I'm just going to pray. I'm going to fellowship with you. I'm going to get me out of the way. I'm going to get out of that. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Because when you're self-righteous and you're self-conscious, you are just in unbelief. Because you don't believe God's going to do what he said he's going to do. Thank you for your overwhelming response. But I'm being a pastor tonight because we've got to have this so that the power and the presence of God, we've got to have a reverence, we've got to have a hunger for God, and we've got to maintain this spirit and stir up the gift of God that's in us, amen? So we've got to, hallelujah, take hold, and we've got to know what to get rid of so that we can get filled of, amen? So if we want the spirit, we want this, we want God to do things, we want to, you know, sing to ourselves, speak to ourselves, and give thanks, hallelujah, and just humble ourselves and submit to one another and allow God to be God, then we've got to get out of self-conscious and out of being self-righteous, and we've got to get out of unbelief. Amen? Because why? Because we want God's plan. God's plan. I heard a spiritual song, and it's been one of my, you know, many, many years, I've just, this song, because I was there when it first came out by the Spirit of God, and it just branded on my heart. So I'm going to read it to you, and we're going to close with this. It's 8.03, I'm going to close real quickly with this, but I just want to read it to you. And, um, but it's a spiritual song, I'm not going to sing it, praise God, because I, you know, you don't want me to do that, so I'll just do a song. But it's, it's actually was, it's just really prophesying about what we need to do. It says, Lord, your plan your plan and not the plans of man. Your purpose in your service is where we firmly stand. Pursuing, Lord, your perfect will, your plans and purpose to fulfill. And, Lord, we'll never stop until the day you come again. A foundation built on any other, Lord, we know it will not stand. And though it may be good, and though we think we could, unless the Lord builds the house, we know it will never stand. Your purpose, Lord, your purpose in your holy service. We need to ask ourselves, what is my motive and what is my intention and whose signature and image is displayed when I am finished? Can everyone see that it's not really me, but it's through God's divine intervention? What are you pursuing and for whose glory are you doing? All the labor and the physical strain, it is for God, is it for God or for your own gain? Or does your spirit yearn for God to turn this world around for him? If your pursuit is his, then you found what happiness is, and the glory in your life will never grow dim. It's an incredible spiritual song, okay, that somebody wrote 
by the Spirit of God just at the end of a service. And uh, it's uh, uh, it, the amazing thing about it is, is that it's such a prophetic song and such an incredible song about us grabbing hold of our own selves and realizing, what am I pursuing? Whose plans am I pursuing? But I want God's plans. I want God's purposes to, to be what he wants me to do. And if I've found that I'm pursuing what he is, he wants me to do, if my pursuit is his, then I've found what happiness is. And the glory of God will never grow dim in my life. And that's the joy of it. We are in the greatest time to be alive as the church. We're the greatest time. We are. This is the most exciting, powerful, historic time for everything to take place. And we get to see, and we are in the most craziest state. So hallelujah. I mean, we just got it going on. God's got you here. This is awesome. Amen. To watch God do miracles, signs, and wonders. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you, Lord. I just share my heart tonight. Thank you that we can maintain your plan, your purpose. And Lord, thank you for these wonderful folks that are here. Thank you for the wonderful folks that have continued to watch and be a part. Lord, you're such an awesome God. Father, we are pursuing your plan and purpose for our lives. We are desiring all that you have. You alone are so great and so mighty. And Lord, we do. We look to you. We thank you, Father, that you're directing our steps. We don't know when the Father's going to send you, Lord. But we know that we want to be a generation that's looking for you. Because that's the generations that are blessed. When we lift our eyes up to where our help comes from. That, Father, when we have fellowship with you and we do what you want us to do and we say what you want us to say, as your son Jesus did on the earth, he said, I, don't, I only do what I see my father do and I only say what I hear my father say. Well, if he can only do that, we need to hear your voice. We need to hear the voice of the Spirit sharing with our hearts. We need to hear what you have to say. So, Father, we desire to be filled with the Spirit. Hallelujah. We desire to speak to ourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. We desire to have the Spirit of God leading us and directing us. Lord, we honor you. We're going to give thanks. We're going to worship you. We're going to magnify you. And we're going to side in with your word, Father. We thank you for that, Lord. Father, we ask that you touch lives. We ask that people be born into the kingdom of God, that people would cry out and call upon the name of the Lord and they shall be saved. Lord, we honor you for that. Thank you. And Father, if there's anybody that watches this, if they need Jesus to be the Lord of their life, let them know that you just have to believe in their heart and confess with their mouth the Lord Jesus and they shall be saved. It's that simple. It's that simple. Saying it, believing it. God, you just proved it once and again this week. You just proved it once and again. How awesome you are. How wonderful you are. So amazing. So amazing. Oh, I just thank you for it, Father. And Lord, we just want one more. We just want to reach one more. We want to keep reaching and reaching and reaching. And we want to bring back the king. Lord, thank you for these wonderful folks that are here. Thank you for your hand upon their lives. Lord, we honor you for that. We love you and praise you. And it's in Jesus' wonderful name that we pray. Amen, and amen, and amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thanks for listening to this podcast from Harvest Bible Church in Stockton, California. If you live in the area, we would love to have you join us at one of our services on Sundays and Wednesdays. You can check us out at harvestbibleonline.org for location and times. We hope to see you soon.